Hey, my name is Lizzie Smiley, and I absolutely love helping people connect with their calling and all the tools they need to kick roadblocks and excuses right out the door so they can cultivate the life they dream about. If you want to launch, grow, pivot, or scale your Etsy shop, or you've always wanted to develop the mindset and skills to run your own business, then I'm your girl. I've had that entrepreneurial spirit going strong since my very first lemonade stand, and now I'm a work-at-home mama with multiple online companies and a full-time Etsy shop, all while being present with my kids for the everyday chaos and most important milestones. On this podcast, we'll talk about all things business, mindset, Etsy, creativity, dazzling our customers, and so much more. There's plenty of room at this table for you, so scooch on in and let's go. I'm holding nothing back. Welcome to How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. I'm so glad you're here. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the podcast this week. Thank you for joining me. I know things have been a little different. Some of you have been reaching out to me like, Lizzie, they're not dropping at the normal time. And what's going on? Are we good? Yes, we are. I am ramping up for summer, though. Things are changing around here. My daughter's going to be um, done with school here soon and home with me every day. So I want to give you guys a heads up. Like the next couple weeks should be normal, but I'm going to be recording new podcast episodes for you through the end of May. And then for June and July, I will be off because we travel a lot during the summer. We have a lot going on. Um, and I know <laughs> I know some of you really look forward to that drop every week. So I want you to be prepared, emotionally prepared. And then I will be back with you in August with a lot of really exciting episodes that I'm already starting to plan. So just be braced for that. And over the summer, I'm going to... Um, I, I want to keep in touch with everybody and I want to keep the channel going. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to drop my most popular episodes again. So maybe some of you guys haven't had a chance to go back and binge all of them. And this will like, you'll be sure to get like the top of the top playlist of the most downloaded episodes, the ones that have been the most helpful for people. So just be expecting that over the summer. It won't be new if you've been with me from the beginning or you've binged them all. But I'll tell you what, some of my favorite episodes from other podcasts, I'll go back and re-listen. And I'm like, wow, there's even more that I didn't catch. So you might enjoy listening to them again. And we'll keep in touch and we'll start afresh in August. So brace yourself for more, including today. And this one should not disappoint. So um, I have Cody, who is the founder of Everbee, um, on the podcast as our guest today. Now, Everbee is the best product research tool for Etsy. So um, if you guys have been with me for any amount of time, you know I'm always talking about research. It's the most important part and strategy of your shop. And um, Sales Samurai is another tool that I use every day. Um, and Everbee is the other one. So they do two different things. I don't, I just, I'm always want to be transparent with you guys. Cause some of you are gonna be like, Hey, wait, Lizzie, you always talk about sales samurai. Yes. And that one is amazing. And I use it every day, but it has different features from Everbee. And I have fallen in love with Everbee. There were actually some features that sales samurai didn't have that like no program has them all. Right. So, um, but Everbee had some features that I was really looking for. So I was ecstatic when, um, and I found them a few months ago. And so I've been playing with it. I love it. It is another tool that I use constantly and it gives you a totally different set of data. So when you use those two tools together, it is like magic. And when I do research for my, um, coaching clients or for my own, um, some of the business things that I'm working on for like the next round of Etsy for me, these, it's been invaluable. So Everbee is a phenomenal pl uh, platform and tool and Cody invented it. And that's just so cool. He is such a genius tech person. And I love that we get to talk to him. Isn't that crazy that we get to talk to him? So he's an e-commerce seller himself. He sold well over a million dollars worth of sales through various platforms, including Amazon, Walmart, Shopify, and Etsy. So he gets us. Also, how fun is it having another dude on the... I know it's like rare, right? For us to bring in the testosterone. I'm kind of excited about it. So he really gets e-commerce. Um, he's made a ton of money with it and he knows what those secrets are. So he escaped the corporate rat race using e-commerce and he's on a mission to help others do the same, which is amazing because so many of us are looking for those insights and tools to help us get that edge. Um, I think another really special thing about Cody that we'll touch on in the episode is because of his work building this tool um, that integrates right into Etsy, he gets to talk to Etsy sellers constantly. So like the people who are making a million dollars a year, the people who are making a hundred thousand dollars a month, he gets to talk to these sellers and he knows, you know, how sometimes like 
when you just kind of can get in with the right people, you can learn things you otherwise could have never had access to. So he's just a wealth of information. I'm really, really grateful that he's coming to share it with us today. He's also a proud husband and father of two little ones. Um, and he's a pleasure. I've, I've been able to talk with Cody before. He quickly became a favorite person of mine. He's just very friendly and generous and giving and um, open. I love that team mentality. So I will stop chattering here. Let's dig into this week's episode. Welcome, help me welcome Cody. Well, hey, Cody, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Lizzie. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's awesome to be here. Um, We're ecstatic, like A, because we rarely get a dude. And so we (laughs) welcome the testosterone as a variation. We love our estrogen, but we welcome the testosterone. So yay. But also, um, this feels like like Christmas to me because you have so much data in your head that I want. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, well, I'm hoping I can deliver some value to the audience. That's yeah, hopefully the data is good data, right? Because we can always be overwhelmed with, I guess, very noisy data. And that's kind of like my job to hopefully help, help with that. Oh, yes, we definitely need that. And, you know, we're creatives. So you have to kind of rein us in every once in a while with the data because we're over here we're just wanting to create. Um, but my people are awesome and they're going to love you. And they're super, super smart. So um, I just know that they're going to be excited. This is like such a different episode for us than just cool. a typical success story. I'm really excited. But I want them to get to know you because I got to meet you a few months ago and immediately liked you so much. You're just so our vibe. And we would love to hear your story. Like, what is your your, your professional background? How did you become interested in Etsy as a guy? Yeah, yeah, totally. (laughs) So I'm Cody, founder of Everbee. Um, We're the best product research tool for Etsy sellers. I started my, I guess, my corporate career was something separate from Etsy, of course. Um, I realized like quickly that I did not want to do this corporate thing. And I was like, I wanted to build my family. I was... I was uh, getting married. I, I believe no, we were already married. We wanted to have like start having kids, and I started realizing like, wow, this corporate thing is like awesome for some people, but it just it wasn't for me. I kind of saw my days kind of slipping away. Um, eventually, did have my our first kid, and I saw him like, you know, a little bit in the morning, and then just a little bit before bed, and I would just come home. This was before that this remote life, right? This is <laughs> before all this, uh, and so quickly. I mean, kind of during all that, it's obviously always messy, but I was reading books, entrepreneurship books. I started getting very interested in like passive income, started getting very interested in like escaping this quote unquote rat race type of thing and um, living this like different kind of lifestyle, this business lifestyle of like e-commerce, what it brings, as we know, all know. Um, so I jumped into real estate for a little while, flipping houses, doing it, like investments, stuff like that for for a couple of years. Loved that, enjoyed it, but it still didn't get it, get me out of my corporate career. And I was yeah. still working same time um so my wife and i did that business and then we started learning about this like e-commerce thing and uh i just started like kind of getting obsessed with it because all the benefits of course and uh, i started like reading more taking courses watching youtube videos doing everything right everything we should be doing when we're like obsessed with something it's like we're just diving all in um and then so that led me to amazon fba so i started listening oh. to yeah that was my okay. first ventures it was an amazon uh, and so I was listening, oh. diving into podcasts on that specific subject, dove in there, failed some, succeeded some that kind of like led me to like having my own site, Shopify led me to, uh, walmart.com selling things on there, a little bit of eBay. And then eventually like I heard about this, like Etsy, right. And I was kind of familiar with Etsy, but I wasn't like from a seller, not a, ch- not at all. Like experienced with it. My wife was an Etsy customer, of course. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I kind of knew that a little bit. And as soon as we started like moving, like we already had the experience of all the other platforms. And I just saw like this power of this kind of untouched platform called Etsy. Whereas I came from Amazon, right? Where it's like very Yeah, like, this feels backwards. Right? I feel like usually people go the other, you're blowing my mind. This is yeah. so cool. Well, you st- when you go from like other platforms and you come to Etsy, you're like, whoa, the, the power here is like uncapped. Like it's one, it's really, really, really easy to use platform. All your listeners yes. already know that, right? I agree. Um, they don't all know that, but I'm trying to sweet talk them into it. It abs- I mean, if you go to Amazon, try to use Amazon, try to sell on Amazon and then come to Etsy oh, because okay. your perspective will totally change, right? It's like Etsy's simple. Um, Etsy's way more affordable than any other platform. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Like 20, 20 cent listing fees. Like I get it. Like it's annoying sometimes for like these percentage increases and stuff like that from five and five to six and a half. But go to Amazon again, 15%, 18%, depending on the category you come to Etsy, it's cheap. Um, so anyway, point is I'm going off topic there, but basically, no, no, I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Etsy was just like, wow, this is like kind of simple. Um, 
And so just applying all those fundamentals, all those principles that I learned from other platforms, all my learnings and kind of like applying them to Etsy, I feel like we had a huge advantage, like from a personal like seller standpoint. Wow. Um, but the downside with Etsy was there was not that many tools. Like there's not a whole lot of big ecosystem of, of seller tools available, like for data. And I came from like a software, my corporate career was kind of like in software industry. And um, that's where I was like tracking different products, uh, like Etsy products, right? And like, I always ask myself, like, what if I could just sell things what people are already buying, just put my own spin on them, obviously make them my own. But like, what if I could use the data, you know, of like, stop the guesswork because- exactly. That's, that's where I got caught up um, with my early career is I was inventing products. Like I was making things completely yes. out of blue, like thin air. I was like, I'm going to make this like towel clip thing for fitness. Like literally true story. i made this thing, invented it, spent thousands of dollars on it, spent six months, eight months inventing this product, got the, everything right. Launched it. And guess what? Like no one bought it. Like, oh my gosh. You know? And um, this is not just my story. This is everybody's story. I think yeah. like everyone has a story like this. So I got kind of obsessed with this idea of what if I can use data to tell me what people are already buying and then use that to my advantage for the new products that I bring to the market. Um, so anyway, that was a really long story, long answer. Oh, good. But- no, that's my strategy. So you just like, were, I mean, I knew we were on the same wavelength. That's so, it's so good. I'm still, I still can't believe you went backwards from Amazon to Etsy, but I think that's such a test- testament to what the platform is. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, Amazon's powerful, like it's powerful in their own ways. Yeah. But if you're looking, it's just depending on, depending on what you're selling, you know, what kind of niche that you're trying to do, what kind of lifestyle you're trying to build. I think they're a little bit different, but overall there's some crossover. So, okay. One of the things, um, one of the reasons I tried to sweet talk you onto the podcast is because your work gives you really, really cool insight into, I mean, basically, basically everything we and my listeners, we want to know because, mm. because you get to talk to all these different Etsy sellers. Like you, I mean, I, I'm trying to think of an analogy. It would be like, it would be like, um, you, you know, you're talking to a therapist and your life is like really simple compared to the last person who, you know, it was a total nightmare. Like they have a perspective, <laughs> such a terrible analogy. <laughs> you guys, how classic Lizzie was that? Um, but you get the point, like you talk to all these different people, you have perspective we could never have. Now I have it slightly more than my typical sure. listener because I talk to, I do sure. coaching and I talk to, I interview, but even still like you have this on such a mega scale. So what is it like talking to all of these different Etsy sellers? I mean, you must talk to people who've made nothing and people who've made millions, like uh, tell us yeah, about it. I'm so super, curious. I appreciate that question so, so much. Uh, it's, it's very cool and unique position. I feel like that we're in. I'm very grateful for that position where we get to like talk with people that are, have zero sales and revenue, like zero revenue, right? Brand new Etsy shop, don't have any reviews, no sales. And then we get to talk to somebody that's doing like five hundred grand a year on Etsy, oh. you know, and I get to like, I get to ask them questions about what they're doing in their specific niche, by the way. Like we talk about like all different niches, jewelry, clothing, like POD, everything, right? All the, all the niches. And um, so I get to like hear perspectives from both sides. And then I get to share this other perspective with like the big sellers, with like these new sellers that I talk to too, and get to share some tips there too. Um, very cool. Very, very grateful for that, for that position that we're in. Um, but I, I typically ask like everybody, if anytime we're doing like a user user interview or customer interview just to learn more about them so we can add more value with everybody uh, is like some basic questions like, Hey, what are your conversion rates? You know, what kind of revenue have you done? Like, is your revenue been increasing, dropping? Like, what are you doing? What are you using for tags? How is your tag strategy? How are you optimizing your title? How are you optimizing your description? Right. How are you getting your first, how'd you get your first five reviews? Like all these things I get to ask, we document all this stuff so we can have this stuff one in our brain, but also like for future product for future future features forever be. Um, so it's very cool. Like it's, it's very fun. Plus we have, I think we have 15,000 active users on ever right now. So oh. like we get to like really get to see like this widespread of like different niches, different shops, um, how they're, what, why they're succeeding, why the majority of them aren't. So it's pretty cool. It's a cool position to be in. Well, actually that's sort of a, a perfect lead into the next thing I wanted to ask. Um, are there, are there patterns you've noticed with the really successful shops? You know, I think sometimes we can sit over here and feel like, well, they just got lucky. And I mean, yes. yeah. <laughs> I, I personally think, I don't, I, I think it's research. I don't think it's luck. I mean, I think you might get lucky 
on your product if you didn't do the homework ahead of time to figure out what was selling and you just guessed you could but otherwise like i don't really see luck playing into it but what patterns have you observed that might like help us like what's the secret sauce if there is one? i know right if there is one um yeah. there, I, I would probably start with just saying like no there's no there's a one secret it's not like a there's not a, a key to success it's like it's a combination lock that's the, that's the way that i can describe oh, that cool yeah i like that combo lock yeah so it's like you need a you know multiple like numbers to make the whole thing work. Um, not just like one, I just have great images. And then if you have a bad description, a bad title, it very likely your probability of success is going to go down. Um, so the way I tend to look at it is like from a probability standpoint, like does this listing give me the highest probability of success? Uh, like the one that I just created. So I always look at it that way, um, knowing that not every time I'm going to hit a home run. I'm not going to yes. create this great product, do my research, create perfect SEO, perfect everything. Like I understand that it's the 80-20 rule applies here. Um, the power rule, if you're, if you're ever familiar with that, it's like, you know, 80% of your revenue is going to come from 20% of your products, yes. no matter how good your products are, no matter how good your listings are, like that's just the law. Like 80% of your results are going to come from 20% of your actions. Um, so that's the truth on Etsy. It's the truth on any platform really and truth in life. But uh, but yeah, so you're asking, going back to your question is like, <laughs> is there trends? Um or like some patterns. Yeah, certainly like the fundamentals apply. Like you need to have all of your images optimized. Like you need to have good images. Question, no question, right? Yeah. The basic, I know, but people are still missing this. Like you need to have great images. Uh, you need to have all of your image slots, most of your image slots filled out. If you can use the video, you absolutely use the video. The top sellers are using these, these things. Um, that just helps with credibility and conversion. Uh, you absolutely need to be optimizing your title right? And front load the title if you can. So the title is very long, right? You have a lot of characters you're available to have in, in your title. Um, front load it. The first third of your title is the most important. So take your root keywords that you're really trying to rank for, put them in more of your front part of your title. Do the same thing with your description. Take your title, put it in your description, the top part of your description. Ah. Make it, make it word, make it humanized though. Don't just like copy and paste necessarily. Like but work in your root keywords in the top part of your description. And of course, absolutely use every single one of your tag slots. And personally, the patterns that I see are people don't try to recreate the wheel here. They use top sellers tags for that specific category. And then they take those tags and they put those in their listing. Of course, if they make sense, of course. Okay. And so, and we're totally going to be talking about this later, but it used to be, so I started on Etsy in 2015. It took me about six months of making, of like making nothing work. And then um, I did a bunch of research and I hit my stride and that's when I really took off. Well, back then Etsy published the tags in the bottom of the listing. Right. Um, it was a very different world and that went away. Um, and the main reason I was really excited about every when I found out about it, because I and oh, we'll talk about this later too. I um I use Sales Samurai every day and I have been for quite a while now, but it's a very, very different tool than yours, and I use it more to figure out um uh product research, not product research, like uh, niche research, like which, which niches to go into, which things are being searched the most and like paying attention to, you know, annual and like um, seasonal trends. Whereas, but it never, I, I couldn't find the tags. And so that's what I got so excited about yours for is because you were like, I think that's so like, what, what made you think we need to, we need to, we need to expose the tags. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, great question. So yeah, Etsy used to show tags, right? That was a very common thing. And every, it was public for everybody. Yes. Um, and that was, that was nice because you can kind of like, that was like your, um, shortcut to like the homework, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. It's a yes. bad analogy. Right. But but you can way to describe it. It. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so there's ways to do it, but it's just like, they're not very, uh, there's not very fast ways. Like it's kind of hard. So everybody was like, okay, we should make this. Well, really truth is, um, people were just asking for it. <laughs> so that's wow. what, what okay. um, they're like, Hey, can you show us the tags? And we're like, yeah, we can. Uh, so that's why we built it. Um, it's not like a genius idea that we had, but it makes a lot of sense uh, why we'd want that because we want to expose that. So people understand, okay, this thing's doing this cup here is doing $5,000 a month in revenue. That's great. But their listing looks the same as mine. And I'm doing $0 a month in revenue. Why? Right. What's the difference? Well, start looking at everything. Okay. Everything else is the same pretty much. I mean, obviously a different product. Um, but what are your, what are your tags and what are their tags? And now we can, we can actually compare and you could take some of their tags and put them on yours. Um, because no one made up those tags, right? You're not like copying, like copy, copyright infringement. It's just their words. And yeah, no, yeah. well, and, and fr frankly, it's not their words. It's the words that the, that the customers are searching for in the search bar. Exactly. <laughs> like it's not, it doesn't belong to that seller at all. It's simply what people are shopping, you know, how they're, how they're shopping for the item. Oh my, well, well, 
that was what made me do backflips and be like, I absolutely need this tool in tandem. I would kill to see the tags again. Um, okay, so I kind of want to flip my well, two questions ago on its ear. We were talking about what are the patterns of people who do really well. Um, especially on my TikTok, I, I hear a lot from people who are just like so frustrated and struggling and they can't figure out why it's not working. And I mean, um, I do little like mini shop reviews and I can get in there and give them a few notes and it's usually very obvious, but I mean, you're seeing this on a macro scale. Like what do you think are the main mistakes that people make that make it just that they, they never, they never make it work on Etsy or they struggle for a long time. Or they end up leaving or something like that. Oh, giving, giving up on Etsy. Yeah. A yeah. lot. I think people, um, they go into Etsy, they, they kind of have this false expectation of like, they see the screenshot in the Facebook group. They see, they see the success story. And, you know, and they kind of expect that to be them, which, which we all want that to be us, of course. Yes. Um, but the problem is with that is that like, it sets the false expectation that, that it's, it's going to happen to you as long as you just hang out and like on Etsy. And like, as long as you just like are there. If you uh, build it, they will come. No. Exactly. <laughs> and that's just not the way it works, unfortunately. Um, yes, Etsy is a search search platform, right? Like they're, they're going to Etsy search bar, they're typing in something, they're actually looking for something to buy, they end up buying. Absolutely. It's a, it's a purchase intent, you know, high, high purchasing intent platform, which is awesome. Um, but you still have to do a lot of work on your end. And I think to answer your question, I think people quit too early. I think, okay. I think they don't work actually hard enough for long enough. Um, and that might sound like, I don't know. I don't know how that sounds, but it sounds no, hard. Like, it's scary. a laboratory, right? You have to test things. Like the first thing, even me, when I put up a new listing, it doesn't necessarily work right away. Even if I've got all the components figured out, like yeah. you have to, even when you know what you're doing, you have to test. Yes, absolutely. So I think one, they don't, they don't, they don't work hard enough or long enough, hard enough and long enough at it. And they give up too early or two, um, and or two, they're not using data to base their decisions. So yes. yeah, and that's probably the biggest thing that I see is like, if you're working hard and long and you're still not finding that success that you feel like you might deserve, then very likely it's like, what are you selling? Or, or how are you making these decisions to what you're selling? Uh, because the answers are there. The answer, people are going to Etsy, like they are going to Etsy, they're buying those, those hats. Um, and you have a hat that seems to be people are buying. So therefore they're, they're buying them. They're just not coming to you to buy them. Now that's a, that's a different question and that deserves a different answer. Um, so now it's a matter of like, okay, I need to, you know, look at my tags. I need to maybe list more often. Maybe I need to increase my review. Uh, or I'm sorry, improve, like make sure I get positive reviews. Maybe I, I'm not, I'm, you know, there's so many different things in there, of course. Yes. Um, but database decisions is, is the key. Yeah. And trying to, trying to, um, you can go in there and get it all out there yourself, but it's going to take a very long time. And the fact that you need to look at so many listings to get enough data to make a really good decision. Um, and so I'm so excited about the tools. This is really yeah, cool. And so, you're guessing, right? That's the biggest thing is like, yes, you're, you're guessing and guessing isn't that great when you're like family is on the line, when you're like finances right. are on the line, like you don't really want to guess that much. Like it's, you're already taking a big risk by and with entrepreneurship. You're already taking a big risk with starting this online venture, which is already really hard. Um, you know, if you're guessing on top of that of what products you think is going to sell because your 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 boyfriend or your husband or your grandma told you like you should sell those things online, you know, and they'll come, they'll come and buy it. Like, if that's the decision, if that's what's helping you make those decisions, you're you're increases your prob you're decreasing your probability of success. If you're using data to back your decisions, then you're increasing that probability of success. Now you just got to like keep doing it for a long enough time. You're going to be successful, I believe. Do you think um, people, part of that whole giving up too early, do you think they don't have enough listings? Good question. Um, I think so. Like, so that's a, going back to the patterns in print on demand, at least uh, I, I interview a lot of sellers, especially in the print on demand space. And the majority of them, when a majority of sellers that are successful when I say, when I'm, my, my definition of success for print on demand would probably be like $200,000 and above per year on Etsy, yes. which is awesome, right? 30% profit margins are kind of like what we see typically for that 30 to 40. Um, so I think that those, those folks tend to have about like in the thousands of listings, like 2000 above. Listings, yes. Right. So yeah, I think the answer is yes, depending on the niche, of course. Um, I think you can be successful with less listings depending on the niche and category and all those things. But, um, Anytime you can create more listings, right, that are unique, like you're going to increase your probability of success again, right? Because you have more ways for people to actually find you on the platform. Exactly. 
you ever find yourself wondering how on earth to respond to a customer's DM when they're either asking about their order status or upset about something? Today's episode is brought to you by my very own customer service templates, PDF download and mini course. The most common post I'm seeing in the Etsy forum these days are people asking for advice in dealing with various customer service problems and situations. I totally get it, you guys. Like when we're in the heat of that moment and we're feeling frazzled or overwhelmed, it can be extra hard to know what to say to diffuse a situation. Like we want to sound empathetic and confident. We want to be professional and warm. Like we wonder how our tone is coming across to that customer as we type out our response and worry that one wrong word could land us in one star review land. Like not to mention, you know, not everyone was born with the gift of the written word. Maybe you're someone who is utterly exhausted by the idea of wordsmithing great responses to customers, and you'd much rather spend your energy on product development or marketing brainstorming. I totally get you, and I totally got you. And now you don't have to figure it out on your own. When you order my customer service templates offering, I'm going to literally hand you over 20 different already written templates for daily, common, and those difficult conversations. They're already written out exactly how I use them so you can actually see them in action. And then I'm also gonna give them to you as like a fill in the blank template that you can just make your own and save in your Etsy snippets or an easy to access document on your phone or computer. With this, I'm gonna throw in a mini course that goes over in detail my personal customer service strategy so that when you do need to come up with a response to something in the future, you're already gonna have that inner culture for customer service that's going to guide your writing, and I promise it'll make it so much easier. You can grab these tools today at howtosellyourstuff.com. Leave the guesswork out of your DM responses. I'll do the writing so you can get back to creating. I was curious if that if, if the data would line up with that. Like my kind of gut was, and it was for different reasons, right? Mine was for more of the creative artistic reason. But um, so one of the biggest things I'll tell people as a tip when they're trying to figure things out, like unless if I look at their shop and their photos are pretty good um, or great, hopefully, and their their product is otherwise selling, their their stuff looks good, but they're not seeing what the results that they want. I'll usually tell them, I want you to add, you know, depending on their niche, a hundred more listings or a thousand more listings. And I was kind of just pulling that out because I'm, because what happened for me is that one of the ways that I um, really catapulted my income um, was that I just kept adding listings. And yes, for sure. There was the 20% of things that I sold the most often. I, I painted, I mean, hundreds of signs that said grateful, thankful, blessed. Okay. The same one sold over and over and over again, for sure. But I would randomly sell a, um, you know, like an above bed sign with a more obscure quote and it mm -hmm. would add to my revenue. And those are $200 signs. You know what I'm saying? It was the fact that yeah. I kept adding and the adding did a few things. Number one, adding more yeah. meant that I was able to figure out where those best sellers would be. Like I was able to carve out my 20%. And by the way, it changed because when I first started home sweet home sold like crazy, but eventually everyone had a home sweet home sign who wanted a farmhouse mm. sign and I needed to venture out, you know, and it went into the grateful. But the point is, is that a, it helped me hone and then mold as, as the, uh, as the market changed my new, like it helped me stay relevant in the marketplace, but it also, I was always having that fringe 80% things coming in. And yeah. if I hadn't constantly been adding more, so I was really curious if yeah. the data backed that up that I'm telling people all the time, you need to add more listings. But I really think even from a creative perspective, just the more that you do it, the better you're going to get Absolutely. at it. Absolutely. Yeah. That's like the, that's like the side note, right? Which, right. I, yeah, I agree. Which is very important, by the way, like a very important side note, like you're actually going to get better at what you're doing. Sorry. Um, okay. You're going to get better at what you're doing just by doing it more, right? That's just like, the, that's how it is in life. Um, I totally agree with that data back setup from my side, for sure. Uh, cool. I think to elaborate that just a little bit more is Etsy actually rewards you for creating more listings, right? Okay, um, I, that's what I was assumed too, but I didn't yeah. know the data. I was just like, it seems like, yeah. <laughs> so please well, talk about that. Mostly yeah. mine is my anecdotal data too. So it kind of like seems like data, absolutely. But that's the truth based on us talking to hundreds of sellers uh, is that everyone kind of reports like, if I list on a re regular basis, right? Yes. It could be like one a day or it could be 10 a day, it could, whatever it is. Or Even three a week. 20, like 20 a week, three a week. Every exactly. week, yeah. Um, I mean, think about it from Etsy's perspective. Just think about it, right? Like, wouldn't you want your sellers to be actively posting new products so you can serve your Etsy buyers better and better and better? And you don't want that to stop. Like you want to be creative platform. You want to always have like this nice, fresh products to offer your shoppers. So 
for the answer would be yes, right? Of course, if I'm Etsy, I want, I want that to be happening. So therefore to make that happen, I need to reward sellers for doing that. And, and so if you actually are the seller that doesn't do that, you're very likely going to lose traction, lose momentum in your Etsy shop. If you're not listing often. Um, I think we brought probably of all know a seller out there, right. If like they had a lot of success in the past on Etsy, they kind of just like sat back and just like, cool, like coasted. Just coasted and it worked for a little while. And then eventually it just starts to like dip and dip and dip and dip and dip. Um, I mean, that's proof enough for me to be like, oh, act- Etsy rewards you for posting actively or listing actively uh, and aligns with their incentives. So I would totally, totally agree with doing that. And I always say like, just because you're adding more listings doesn't mean you have to be coming up with something new creatively. You know, like a new listing could be one you've already got with a different cover photo or you're yeah. testing a different block of keywords as your title. Um I, when I would get a bestseller, I would create at least five, if not 10 different listings for that item. Yeah. And it was really fun. I would test and see what different um, photos would work. And sometimes it blew, blew my mind. You know, a photo I thought I was like, this is so tacky. This is terrible. And it would sell like gangbusters. Like it would sell that terrible photo, not terrible, but like, for example, okay, I'll just, so I have a, a, a sign that says, um, today is a good day for a good day. And it's in a simple, um, script font. It was the, on, um, I think it's on Canva too, but on PicMonkey, it's called the Great Vibes font. I personally don't love it, but that sign would sell so much. And I had, I ended up with three different um, picture versions of it. One of them was uh, just my best selling version was just like sitting on a table where you could really see, um, I don't know, it was just, it, my room was set up in a way where that was like my good base picture. But I also had one out in the yard where I had the like stark white reclaimed wood sign sitting on the grass. Yeah. But it was staged in a way where people, like outdoorsy people who who like, like basically anyone who'd buy a Life is Good t-shirt. <laughs> gotcha, yep. Would choose that that one over the the one, you know, on the, <clears throat> on basically my own personal mock-up that I made in my home that sold constantly. And then this really surprised me. So I really wanted to expand my pictures and try some new ones. So I went over to my friend's house with a beautiful farmhouse home, beautiful fire mantle, fireplace mantle. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm going to take a picture of this on your mantle. And that is going to make me money. And, um, she had this beautiful wreath above her man. It was all this be- just beautiful setup up there. And that one I thought for sure was going to do so well for me. It was like my upgrade, but everyone asked me if I was selling the wreath, can I buy the wreath? Nobody cared about the sign. I had to eliminate that one altogether. So just kind of fu- just interesting. Yeah, what, you it's know, so when interesting. You start putting a- and I, again, I already had a bestseller at that point. I was just testing new listings for it. Um, I had yeah. a, a coaching client the other day tell me that I, I sometimes repeat my stories too many times. Just totally true. Like I need some new new stories. So I'm hoping <laughs> this one. So that this was for you. I know I haven't I haven't shared that before um, on the podcast, you guys. So oh, hopefully, y'all, hopefully I'll enjoy that. But yeah, I mean, so- you said so many things in there. Like right, but one of them was that I pulled out is you know, taking you, you got emotional about like what you believe is going to work, which is good. We all need like some emotion in there. Right. And that's great. And you took a bunch of effort. You went to your like friend's house, you like placed it perfectly, took pictures of it. And you were like super excited about it. Like this, people are going to buy this for sure. Um, but guess what? Like our emotions don't actually aren't right all the time. <laughs> like we just are wrong sometimes. And that's where I believe like data is that's, that's just another like point of we need to use data to help us make these decisions mixed in with some emotion, of course, um, to make those decisions. So anyway, that's, that is a cool story though. And it's interesting how like some things sell and some things don't. It's fascinating to me. Did anything else jump out at you from that? That's part of what I wanted to like throw that out there because you can analyze these things in ways that I can't, you know, I'm just going based on experience and I'm a trial and error. I'm just someone who's going to outwork everyone else. Like the only yeah. reason I'm ever successful, Cody, because I am not the most creative. I am not actually a good artist. <laughs> I'm not, but I will yeah. outwork and I will study and I will like scrape to figure it out. Yeah. And eventually it works. <laughs> That's the biggest thing that I probably take away from that right there is the fact that you actually went to your friend's house and actually, uh, did all that at her house being uncomfortable, probably like it's kind of uncomfortable. Maybe could be depending on your relationship, right? For a lot of people, it could be uncomfortable. They'd be like, Oh, I don't want to burden somebody. I don't want to burden my friend. I don't want to do that. that. What would she think of me? You know, like my little Etsy shop, you know, and all these little things that come into our mind, right? Um, these insecurities, the fact that you actually just pushed through all that, you just jumped over that and actually did it. I think that's okay. Oh, I posted on Facebook. Who wants to let me come photograph in their home? I you have that. to have a magazine, beautiful home. I was so obnoxious, but like, scrappy scrappy is the is the best way to put that um i think if if and that's a perfect descriptor right um you need to be a scrappy if if you're not 
if you're not scrappy or be, or willing to actually learn to be scrappy, then you're probably going to have a tough time in entrepreneurship in general because there's there's constant little insecurity things that you feel. There's constant battles, like little tiny battles that you have to fight. Etsy shutting you down or Etsy like Etsy in, yeah. infringement notice, like where it just once you just want to like crumble up, crawl up in a little ball and and like give up, right? Um, like you need to pick yourself up off that floor and actually like continue to be scrappy. Just figure it out. That's figure it out. Ability is a, is a word that I feel like we use in our, in our company a lot is like, we just need somebody to be able to like, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure it out. And I think that's the way you need to apply to your Etsy, Etsy shop. Absolutely. Um, like I'm not going to know it. I'm not going to know it all, but I will outwork everybody that I need to work at work, I guess. That makes sense. I don't know if it'd be considered a chick book, but um, since you like the, we actually, you and I would probably geek out exchanging book lists. Oh yeah. Um, but did you ever read Marie Forleo's Everything is Figure Outable? No, I haven't. Oh man. And her, her audiobook version is so good because um, she's just got that great, like New York accent. Like she's just so good. Love it. But I think actually even you would, I mean, I don't think it's super chick. I think, it, I think it's really, really I'm, good. But I'm open to isn't that it, yeah. phrase so good? Everything is figure outable. I use that all the time now. Like, I'm, you know, getting that. tired of trying too hard. I'm like, no, everything is figure outable. Get your button gear, girl. Like, I love that. Yeah. The ability to kind of think, you know, for yourself, not like have, have someone tell me the answer and I'll go do the answer. I mean, of course we need to ask questions, take those questions, take those no, answers. Go to Google, time, but... go to YouTube. It's all there. Yep. I agree. Absolutely. Well, and I'm taking us completely off script, Kobe. I, I hope you don't mind. You've been really good just flying off the cuff with me here. And oh yeah. This is fun. I love, talking, <laughs> I love talking like I'm passionate about entrepreneurship, passionate about Etsy, online business. Um, like I'm obsessed with this stuff. So like it's, this is right up my alley. Same. This is things. like, this is like if I go to a cocktail party, I need to find the corner with the person who wants to talk about entrepreneurship because I oh. don't care about anything else. Like don't, I haven't watched any TV. Don't ask me what's yeah. up. Like, don't ask Stop. me how I like whatever new thing is. And... Yeah, please don't ask me about the weather. Like, uh, no. like... <laughs> I mean, even sports, like my husband and I, we don't even know. Like, I don't even, I don't know. Like, yeah, but, 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 we... but please ask me my conversion rate and like, yeah. <laughs> Please ask me my Etsy ad podcast. I can teach you how right now for cocktails. (laughs) Exactly. So good. So funny. Okay. Where do I want to go from here? Well, okay. So what do you think maybe um, based on your research, what would be maybe two to three tips that that you would suggest for listeners who are just getting started um, or really in that struggle phase? Yeah. Would you mind talking about that a little bit? Yeah, yeah, totally. Getting started is tough. Uh, Happy to talk about it too. Um, It's just like there's so many different ways, but I think getting started, my first tip would be this maybe sounds bad. I don't know. Is like, just study what other people are doing. Yes. Like study the like model success. Success leads clues. You know, like just follow those, follow the roadmap. They've already blazed the path for you. They're already taking a lot of the guesswork out. Stop trying. Don't try to reinvent every single thing to try to be creative in every single thing. Like take those templates, apply them to your, to your business. Then you have a baseline. No. Okay. Now I'm in the game. So get, just get in the game. Um, then, uh, same thing, like apply like their images. Images are so important on e-commerce. I know it's the second time I'm bringing this up in the, in the episode. No, it's good. It's so, so important. Think about when you go to an, an Amazon, like we all buy things from Amazon, right? Um, think about it. Like when you, when, why are you making a decision to buy this one versus this one, right? And it's because the images are very likely better. Um, the price, yeah, but I'll pay $2 more, $5 more for a product that has just better images because they have my trust, yes. they have my credibility. If or they reviews. Have, Reviews, exactly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, if you're just getting started and you have no reviews, um, get reviews, right? Get five reviews minimum. Get your first five, 10 sales. If you need to go and like hustle on Facebook, post, like put yourself out there, that's do it. Um, if you need to ask your sister across the country to buy it, do it. If you need to ask your cousin, do it. Like figure out a way to get five, five star reviews at the minimum if you're just now starting out. Uh, that's good. If you don't have those, then you're, you're going to still succeed. Like it will, it's just going to take a little more time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to have to like, you're going to struggle to get those. Cause after you get those five reviews, five, five star reviews, you now look trustworthy. You now look right. credible. If you yeah. don't have the trustworthy incredibleness, whatever that is, credibility, yeah. um, then you could drive all the traffic you want. You could drive all the SEO you want, but like nobody's going to, not many people are going to convert on it because you just don't have that credibility. Um, so that's, that's the probably the biggest tips for someone starting out that has products. Now, if you don't have products, like if you're like, what am I going to sell on Etsy? Like what would people want to buy from me? Uh, then you need to go and probably use data. Everybody obviously plug there. Um, like go and figure out typing a niche, a niche that you're interested in the search bar, use Everbee, pull analytics on it, decide like, okay, this one's doing $5,000 a month. This one's doing $2,000 a month. This one's doing $500 a month. 
start looking at the data and saying like, okay, well, if I'm going to like go through this venture, which is already going to be challenging anyway, then I may as well take a jump start on it and use like validated products. We, we call it validated. Um, it's maybe a, a coined term like internally, but point is like products that are proven to sell already. Yeah. Stop trying to like reinvent the wheel You're for your first go, right? Like that's, you can do it and that's fine, but just like make it like two out of your 10 listings that you post. The, yes. other, the other eight, like make them like based on proven sales um, and then invent like on the, on the side, because those are more guesses. Those are speculative. Those are guesses. Uh, and those are like more gambling in, in a way, um, which isn't bad. It's good. We like to invent. I, I, you know, we all are like that. Um, so anyway, that's a long, long answer, but. No, it wasn't at all. And, and, you know, I had so many things flash through my head. Like one, I'm in an, I'm in all of those annoying Facebook Etsy forums that I only go into to get ideas for what to tell people not to do. Um, (laughs) but, um, this girl was, was just shut down. Her, her shop was shut down because her products were, um, what, how do they describe it? I think basically like they, I can't remember the word you use, but basically it was, she had made a lighter that looked like a mouth, like a human's mouth with braces. It was one of the like scariest looking, but I mean, it looked really realistic, but like so grotesque looking. Um, And I don't know. I was just thinking about how um, like, okay, start with lighters of things that people actually want and then have that as like some separate, have your really creative stuff as some separate listings. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, um, you know, when I, another little story that I don't think I've told before um, guys is that when I first started, I just did all the phrases on signs that I wanted to, like, I was just like, Oh, I like this. I like that. I didn't do any research about what's actually selling. And I didn't sell very many. It wasn't until I started figuring out what phrases are currently people searching for. And then I just used my own font and designs and created my own, my own pieces to come to to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? So like, you can still make the thing that you want to make, but just figure out what people are searching for. And you know, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. A mixture of both is perfect. Right. Like we don't yeah. want only just be like using like validated products and then you're just making your own version of them. I mean, you can, people do that, make a living off that. That's great. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think if you want to like be creative, we're all on Etsy cause we're creators most of the time. Uh, so you want to create your own things too. And, um, so absolutely. I agree with that strategy. Like, you know, mix in both. But I just say like, unless you're a celebrity or you already have a huge following, who's going to buy whatever you tell them to, you better not be too creative. Like this isn't the time for creativity. Absolutely. What you do is you create, you start with what's already selling. You create your brand, you make your shop like where people remember it, know it, come back. And then you can start influencing the marketplace. Absolutely. Like, but you can't yeah. start there. Was that, would you agree? That's like probably. Totally agree. It's very hard to, to, to solidify that point is it's very hard to create demand on Etsy. Yes. It's not a create demand type of platform. It is a a purchase, a search based, a purchase intent based platform. They already know what they're searching for, right? A shopper, think about it. Like, I'm not going to go into Etsy, look for some invention, right? That somebody made. I'm not going to look. You wouldn't even know what to search for. You wouldn't even know what to. I'll never find it. Exactly. Um, Instead, I'm going to look for like, whatever, dad mug, right? Or mom mug for Mother's Day, right? Mother's Day coming up. Um, I'm going to look for that because that's what I want. So think from a, a buyer's perspective, if you're a seller, you need to think, kind of think like a buyer, like, you know, serve them. You, they're your customer, serve them. And that's, that's, that's what we have to be. I, oftentimes maybe a little tangent, but a lot of times Etsy sellers are very, um, all, all e-commerce sellers, we start, we start our e-commerce journey very selfishly. Yeah. Right. We think of like, oh, I want to have this like online business and I want to create $5,000 a month in passive income. I want to create $10,000 a month in, in, in income. And those are great. I love those. Like we all started there, I think, but you need to shift a little bit of that to like, how do I serve customers? How do I serve people? Because that's at the end of the day, that's what we're doing. We're helping buyers. We're solving their problem with whatever that problem is, right? We're serving people at the end of the day. Um, and ex- in exchange for that, you're getting, you're capturing a little bit of value from, from that purchase. Right. And you're serving them. Uh, so maybe like, maybe that's too, I guess. No, not at all. I'm over here like Zig Ziglar. If you help enough people get what they want, you're going to get everything you want. Yeah, totally. It sounds cliche, but it's it's the truth, right? That's the fundamentals of business. Um, too often people are like trying to, uh, trying to get a money grab, a quick money grab, but more, you know, think long-term think serving customers, the best that you can possibly and serve as many customers as you, as you can, you're, I think you're going to find success. Mm-hmm. And then you're just going to figure out how to do it a little easier. <laughs> exactly. Then you, then you're talking about different things. Like how do I scale this? And how do I like grow it faster? How do I go passive? How do I? <laughs> exactly. Yep. Totally. Yeah. How do I? Exactly. 
oh, this is so good. This has gone totally different than I expected, but like better even, which and it, I knew it was gonna be so fun. I, okay, I do think we need to spend a few minutes, obviously, and we need to talk about Everbee because I'm pretty pumped about it. Um, yeah. So guys, it's a really, Everbee's a really powerful research tool, data mining tool into Etsy, specific for Etsy. It integrates right into your account and it helps sellers mine a ton of data that we can't find without a tool like this. You literally are not going to be able, you like need, like I said, like I need, I need, Lizzie needs Everbee and Sales Samurai to function on Etsy, period, the end. So I'm really excited about it. Um, yeah, like I've told you guys before, I, I'm a huge proponent of Sales Samurai. It does something very different than Everbee. And I really like to use them both in tandem. Um, but your tool, Cody, it, it just offers, like we were talking about the tags before, I was really bummed about losing the, the tag data. I wanted to know that. And so when I found out yours did that, I was just on board so fast. But like, we want to hear, I, it's great to hear the my user experience with it. And guys, I do have... I created a little tutorial YouTube video for y'all so that, cause I know before I try anything like this, I want to see like, how does it work? Can I imagine myself using it? How does, how do you like save the time? So I have a really quick YouTube video that I will link in the show notes for you. That'll show you how I use it. What I recommend here are some of my favorite features and you can grab that just to take a look at it first, but tell us, I, I want your kind of story of it, Cody. Like how, how did you get this idea? How did you dream it up? What does it, how would you describe what it does? Yeah, that kind of totally. stuff. You know, what's so, your vision for it? Sure. Yeah. I mean, at, at the moment, it's the, if you're trying to find the best products to sell on Etsy, then yeah. or then you need to use Everbee. Um, that's if you if you already have a product line that's very established and you're just kind of like sitting back and coasting, and you're not going to add more products to your shop. Then Everbee is probably not for you. Oh, um, I disagree. But that's a user experience. Oh yeah, that's a good point. You can use the tags for sure. Um, yeah, you could absolutely use it. But if you're, well, if you're adding new, adding new like. Like if I wanted to add new signs to my shop, I would, I use Everbee to figure yes. out which ones I'm going to do next. Yes, it is absolutely. If, if you need to be adding listings to your shop, yeah. then, then you do. You, yep. So, um, Everbee's for you for that. Uh, it is free. It's, so we created a free plan. So it's absolutely yeah, so like cool. free, no, no credit card required. So I, the point of this is like, like we want to build a big community. We want to like add a value to going back to the value stuff. It's like, we want to add value to like thousands and thousands of Etsy sellers, right? Long-term. Um, so that's the whole point. We can do that with using free, of course. And then if you want more data, more things, more functionality, then you can upgrade if you'd like to. Obviously there's no pressure ever for that. Thank you um, for making it free, Cody. Like, thank you for being so generous and just like making it so available. That's incredible. Thank you. Yeah. yeah to I mean, honestly, like that's personally, like I'm not a sales guy. It's not like I... I don't enjoy like doing a big pitch kind of thing, you know, but, um, I like making things I'm a creator too. So I like making things that people use and they get value out of. And that's, that's exciting for me. Cause like at the end of the day, like when someone has like this success story of like, oh, I just did like my first hundred thousand dollars in Etsy, you know, and they've been using Everbee for the past six months. Like to me, like I take so much pride in that, even though like I, we didn't directly, you know, like make them do that. But yeah. we put a little tiny sliver in their story. And that's that's exciting for me. That's that's like impact, like kind of our impact mission, right? Uh, so it's pretty cool. Um, and but yeah, so essentially that, uh, how you asked how it started. Um, like I kind of mentioned a little bit of my journey, but really it just started with like a spreadsheet and trying to <laughs> track products for myself. Like I was tracking like what we were doing. I think print on demand mugs, I think at the time for a little bit. And I'm like, what mugs are already selling, you know, like, so I can just kind of modify those designs, obviously not copy anything ever. No, no. Recommend copying things. No, um, but I, I do want to see like data. I want to see like why people, what people are buying. So I just started tracking different products and then pretty soon 10 products turned into hundred products and I can't do all this manually anymore. Wow. Um, so oh my gosh, just, I love this. Okay. Yeah, it's cool. So then we kind of like just took that. I've always like, again, software background. I've always been interested in software businesses in general too. I'm, I'm interested in business in general. Um, so I just applied that like software stuff to, to this and we were able to like kind of make this scrappy version for ourselves. We used it. Uh, we eventually kind of released it to the world. That was one year ago now. So we're one a year and a half ago, we started building it where we've been launched for about a year. Um, yeah, we have like 15,000 users right now and we're growing a bunch and we just really love like helping sellers. <laughs> it's super fun. It's a very, um, user-friendly clean is actually one of my like, I guess uh, I don't really have an issue with Sales Samurai. I, I am obsessed with it, but the actual interface is so like DOS, um, which most of you won't have any idea what I'm talking about, but it feels so old school. Like when you first turn on your computer and you have to type in code to even get into a menu, you know, um, 
it is so it feels so dated like that but like if once you know how to use it, it, sure. it it's great but yours everbee isn't like that at all it feels super modern super easy like anybody could use like i could literally teach my seven-year-old in three minutes how to use it so it means like, a lot to me job. thank you for that yeah that, i mean honestly that it does mean a lot like we definitely take very high priority and in, like into the usability of it um in fact yeah we we have a team that like we we work on that literally uh the way that we designed it was that anybody literally anybody like my sister sells on etsy right my my sister-in-law sells on etsy right so wow. they're not tech people they're not like <laughs> techie like I, I we needed it to be like them like they can use it understand it pretty quickly easily did they you test know. it first for you oh, you absolutely. Like, oh yeah, That's so cool. yeah and they, by the way they had no amazon no experience on any uh -huh. of the platforms which is really important for us to see um so they tested it first they kind of brought up some questions like, hey, this, like, this is confusing to me. Like, why does this, what does this mean? So it kind of like helped us flesh out a lot of those like basic questions that are really important for people for them to use it properly. Oh my gosh. Well, so guys, again, I will, um, I will link Everbee for you in the show notes. Remember it is totally free and it's not just a free trial. Like literally the basic membership package is totally free. And if you decide you want more features or you want to be able to do more searches than that gives you, you can upgrade from there, but that'll be there for you. I will also link the video tutorial. For you guys, so you can see um, exactly how I use it and how it works. And Cody, what else do we need to know? Like, where can I mean? First of all, thank you. This was such a fun conversation, such a different conversation. Yeah, and, and you have so much insight. Like, I honestly, oh my, I could, I could, I could talk to you for a very long time. Um, so thank you so much for your generosity and your time today. Where can listeners find you and connect? Are there places that you're kind of inserting your own? you know? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm, I'm not really active too much on Twitter. I am on Twitter. I'm on, I'm on Instagram, of course. I'm not, to be honest with you, if you go there, you might be disappointed because I don't post a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> My wife bugs me about like not posting enough about our kids and stuff, but you know, I just, I'm not on social media a whole lot, but um, there's no time for it. We're focused on Everbee, head down on it for sure. Uh, so you can find us, obviously go to everbee.io in the link in, link in the description below. And also we have an Everbee YouTube channel as well, where we educate like tutorials and put out free content um, for just our existing users to- That's been a about... fun place to follow you. That and LinkedIn have been the fun places to follow you. That's, oh yeah, LinkedIn. That's right. We're on LinkedIn too. I don't post a whole lot on LinkedIn, but I am around there. So um, yeah, I'd love to, love to connect with anybody that needs help. I love it. Well, I'm hoping that um, a whole bunch of people are going to be starting their little- their little free memberships and get to playing with it. Awesome. And we'll have to keep in touch, Cody, maybe like as things evolve, we'd love to, you know, have you back if you've got more to share or there's new evolutions, like, please keep us in the loop. We want to know. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. I, and this is a pleasure for me too, because we get to talk about the product and, um, and Etsy, just entrepreneurship in general. Like these are like, you're my people, right? These are, these, we're all like the same type of people. We all have the same goals, mostly, right? Mostly the same. Yeah. Like we all want time freedom. We all want to like spend more time with our family. We want to have like this income that like comes in and it's not because and create tons and tons of stress. Um, I think we all want those things. And so like, yeah, we're all in it together. That's, that's the way I look at it. Um, so yeah, I appreciate you having me on. You guys and I did so so Cody's actually um he's like a um what do you call it well he uh, he's watching his kids right now I wanted to call him Mr Mom or something like that um <laughs> he's watching the kids right now I'm a little bummed we didn't get you know, I know I didn't like, get a pop in yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah <we just> get... <laughs> so they're uh, obviously your parenting is like uh, they're very very well behaved but um I did think that was fun I was kind of hoping we were gonna get a cameo but that's I know. Cool. <laughs> hey maybe next time I'll I'll have him come in we'll stage it no I'm just kidding. yeah. I did. <laughs> Um, Thank you so much, Cody. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> okay. See you, see you soon. Thanks, Leslie, so much. Bye. Bye. And that's a wrap on this episode of How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. If you're looking for more resources, head on over to howtosellyourstuff.com where you'll find podcast show notes, all the links from today's episode, the blog, courses, coaching, and more. If this episode was helpful to you, awesome. The greatest compliment I can receive from you is a rate, review, and subscribe on this podcast. Not only will it allow us to connect again on a future episode, it lets me know I'm providing you with value and helps other people find this content more easily. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for your support. Have a great day and see you next time.